Welcome to Church Project. We're glad that you're here today. If you don't have a Bible, um, please raise your hand or there's Bibles back there and we'll bring them to you. And if you don't own a Bible, that's our gift to you. You can follow along the notes today on YouVersion. So if you want to open up your YouVersion app on your phone and then on the bottom right, there's a a thing that says uh, more, click on more then go to Events Church Project to pop up right there. And that's the notes we're going to talk about today. We're on Acts chapter 11. And drum roll, we're going to get through two entire verses today. Is that awesome or what? Two verses today. So I hope you can, you can take it all in. See, I was planning on doing five verses. I was planning on ending and going all the way through um, and getting us to chapter 12. But I, I meet with Grandpa every week, and he gives me his message. Like, okay, this is what we should talk about. And I take that and kind of compile it, and then we get our message on Sunday. The problem is when I met with him on Tuesday... Over those verses, he gave me like five messages. And I thought, Grandpa, this is too thick for us. So I I chose even this morning. We're going to break it down to these two verses because I think that these verses, especially at House Church, are incredible verses that I just want to sit on for a little bit. I want no rush to get through the book of Acts. We're only halfway through it, not even halfway through it. So we're going to be here for a while. So let's really hit these two verses and see what God may have for us. Before we do that, a few, uh, a few weeks ago, we had all our little response cards out, and, and we asked a question. We said, here's the question. How this year in 2018, were well, you going to glorify God and serve God inside the walls of Church Project and also outside the walls of Church Project? It's a great question. And we had a bunch of cards turned in, and, and I'm just periodically, I'm not going to tell you who it is, so if it's yours, I'm trying not to make eye contact with you, Okay. But I think it's going to be neat this year just to periodically grab one of these and remind us what God has called us to do. So here's a card. It said, inside the walls, by building Christ-centered relationships with fellow believers who I can have real-life conversation with. That's awesome. Outside the walls. I want Christ to use me at work to shine a light for those who work for me. I have a great opportunity to make an impact on people And it is something I want to be intentional with in 2018. Awesome. Church, beyond the walls of Church Project is how God is going to use us. How this message has spread 2,000 plus years to find us in Greeley, Colorado, is how um, it's made it to us by other people sharing and doing and being the church. And I encourage you because there's generations coming behind us that the only reason they're going to know this message is because you were intentional. Because God moved. Because you went to the places and spaces that God put you at. And so, Philip and Nikki, when you move to Houston, I'm going to punch you because I'm mad at you. But I guess Houston needs God. So, good job. All right, let's get down to Acts chapter 11, verses 22 through 26. Here's the two verses. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. Okay, so we just jumped in the middle of the story. And if you've come for the first time, we're jumping in in a big narrative narrative right in the middle of it. So I want to tell you what just, just recently happened. Barnabas goes up to the town Antioch and a great movement of God starts happening. 
Like the Spirit moves and tons of people are becoming Christians. They're not even called, they don't even know they're Christians yet. They're, God's moving and the Spirit's doing incredible things. And Barnabas finds himself in Antioch encouraging the new believers, encouraging the church. Then we get to verse 25, where we're, we're picking up today. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. I have a couple questions for us before we continue today. Who is your gang? That was my sign. I don't have any signs. Who is your gang? Who is your tribe? Jeremy says that often. Who will... Who will you call later today when you're bored, stressed, excited, perplexed? Are you living isolated? And how are your relationships strengthening your walk with God? And I want you to think on on these questions as we get into this message today because in verse 25, Barnabas just previously went to Antioch because he was called there and God was using him to encourage. And then what happened? A great movement of God happened. And we find ourselves in verse 25. What did Barnabas do? Barnabas did what he could do in Antioch. And then he looked and went, "Uh uh-oh. And he goes for help. He's like, God is moving in such powerful ways in this city. I can't do this alone. Where can I go? And Barnabas knew the power of we and not me. Barnabas knew that if it was just up to him, that was it. It wasn't going to go very much further than that. Barnabas knew the power of we and not me. So what does Barnabas do? He goes to Tarsus. And I imagine he he goes up to Saul. And, and the conversation goes a little bit like this. Paul, I, I mean Saul, because he's not yet Paul. Right? He's still Saul. Sorry, bad Christian joke. Okay. Paul, help! He finally gets to Tarsus, which, by the way, was a huge boat ride to get across the little golf thing over to Tarsus. He's probably, he's probably overwhelmed with all the, the new Christians that are happening in Antioch. And he goes to Paul and he says, Paul, help! All I did was I just started encouraging people in Antioch and a boatload of them are now followers of the way. A ton of people are now followers of what was called the way. Help. Barnabas believed in what he was doing so much that he invited others to join the journey. Barnabas believed in what he was doing so much that he invited others to, to join the journey. What did he do? He went for the big guns, didn't he? He's like, I need help. Who can help? Saul. I think Saul's in Tarsus. So let's go get him because God is all over him and doing amazing things. And I'm going to bring him back to Antioch to help. He believed in it so, sorry, so much that he went for Saul. Church project. Church. Our leadership has been calling down greatness into Greeley for a long time now. Haven't we? We've been praying for this. We've been praying that God would bring Peter and April here. And he did. Even though Peter is helping with the kids. Thank you, Peter. Amazing man and woman of God. 
We've been praying for Bill and Jeannie Jerky. Bye, bye, Jerkies. <laughs> yeah, we'll be back. Okay. That God would bring them here because they're fantastic in what they do in leading our ministry partnerships. Like they are incredible ministry partnership directors. We've been praying them here. And I'm calling for talented people from around America to come to Greeley. Like, we need help, don't we? Our little church is growing beyond 12 people. God is doing some amazing things right now. And just like Barnabas knew that he needed to go get Saul because God was doing an amazing work in Antioch, I believe in Church Project that God is doing amazing things here and we need help. People are going to move into Greeley. People are already in Greeley and you're already here. Like God is doing something absolutely amazing because the way Christianity is growing and we are the church of Greeley. The mission field is right here. Does that excite you? By the way, we prayed for Mike and Kim to come also. They're back there. Um, I'm going to embarrass you a little bit, and that's okay, because I got the mic. So, um, Mike and Kim have a, have a house church. They're house church pastors, an incredible house church. So if you're looking for one, go to theirs. Uh, but, I'll, but here's some things I think I've learned about Mike and Kim, and correct me if I'm wrong, okay? Uh, you were missionaries in Ukraine, is that right? For how many years? Eight years, missionaries in Ukraine. Awesome. Mike, you have your a double master's, two master degrees. Um, led a seminary or a Christian school in Ukraine. Taught at a university in Ukraine, a Christian school there. Okay. Um, Mike is an excellent guitar player, and he's got an album, which I play a lot. Sorry, Mike. Go see him afterwards. Really good guitar. Um, Kim can pray like no one's business. She is a prayer warrior, and I imagine she probably plays guitar too, right? No, oh no. She sings. You sing while he plays guitar. Okay. I'm, yeah, okay. <laughs> That's awesome. They are, um, they are people that are super sweet in spirit and super soft. If you've got a chance to talk to them, you know that God's anointing is over them. And we love you guys. We were praying, maybe not for Mike and Kim, but we were praying for godly people to show up. And it's neat to see how God brought you from Ukraine <laughs> to here. And we can say that to everybody that's in this room right now. We're here on purpose. God has got a purpose for us as we sit here. So I'll leave you guys alone for a little while. Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. Then we get to verse 26. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. So when you look at verse 26, what did they do? The very first thing that they did is they taught. 
They taught. There's new believers everywhere. Barnabas gets Saul. They come and they begin to teach. It reminds me of Ephesians chapter 5, verses 6 through 11. And Ephesians 5, 6 through 11 says this. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of such things, God's wrath came on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists of all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Do you hear that? And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. I love this portion. And I imagine when Barnabas and Paul were teaching the new church, they were saying, find out what pleases the Lord. When the Lord is pleased, His anointing comes over something. Think about this. When the Lord is pleased, his anointing is like a cover. And it's like a force field that cannot be advanced upon when the Lord is pleased. As his followers, as his his children, wouldn't it be a good thing for us to find out what pleases the Lord? I can think back of of when I was a little lad. (laughs) And I would do something and immediately look at my dad. Did I do it right? Did I do it? And I'm looking for approval. I wanted to please my father. And it's so cool to think as children, as followers of Christ, that one of our awesome, awesome, awesome responsibilities is to find out what pleases the Lord and to do that. Psalms 84.9 says this, Look on our shield, O God. Look with favor on your anointed one. Pray favor and please the Lord over your life. One way to find out what pleases the Lord is to get busy in his word. Is to dig into scripture, open scripture and to read it. To meditate on his word both day and night. And to get to know the precepts of the Lord. To hide the word of the Lord in your heart. All of those are Bible verses that talks about how important it is to get to know who God is and what he says in our life. When you know his word, no one can deceive you with empty words. When you know what pleases God, you know what actions to take, the things that please God. This is a major reason why we go verse by verse through through the Bible at Church Project. This is one of the reasons we show these cartoon videos that talk about the Bible. We want to be learners of Scripture. We want to know what the Bible is from cover to cover as as accurately as we can. We want to take our time going through it. We want to learn what God has said. And in learning and doing what God has said, it pleases the Lord and his anointing is over church project in our lives. Amen? Okay. As I I look at this, we see that that Barnabas um, and, and Saul came and they taught and it's interesting that right now in verse 26, they were called uh, the church, uh, they were called, the disciples were called Christians first at Antioch, okay? This is the first time disciples were ever called Christian. This title Christian showed up right here for the very first time. This is also the first multicultural and multi-ethnic church that we see right now. It's not just Jewish people, it's Gentiles as well. It's in another part of the country. This is one of the first mixed churches that we ever see. I went to Denver Seminary this week uh, and went to one of the chapels. And for um, Black History Month, 
Dr. Felix uh, was teaching. And he asked us a question. He said, are we living in unity like heaven will be? Like right now, are we living in unity like heaven will be? Because our challenge is as we look at the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6, verse 10, part of the Lord's Prayer is this. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If that's one of our prayers, that your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, should we be striving for unity on earth? Yes. But it's easy for us to say and look at different people and say, they're different than me. It's easy for the people in Jerusalem to look up at Antioch and say, but they're different than me. They're not Jewish. This is the first multicultural, multi-ethnic congregation of people calling themselves Christians. And so it's a challenge for us today. We look across and we can say they're different than me. I'll get to love them and know them someday. They're of a different social economical status. Their culture is different. Their skin is different. They're on the other side of town. Like we can put up all these, these barriers in our mind that says one day in the sweet by and by, when we're in heaven, it's going to be glorious and we're going to be unified. And I'll get to know everyone and I'll get along with everyone. But here on earth, I'm not going to reach out and build bridges. Talk of heaven is the sweet by and by, joy and unity. And our challenge is to live it here right now. Look across the room, so much diversity, and this is our strength. So Saul and Barnabas are preaching and teaching liberation and unity. It's what they're doing. They're, they're sitting with a whole bunch of different people and they're teaching liberation and unity. Liberation from the grips of sin. Like they're preaching this awesome message. Liberation from the elitist segregation thinking. We're Jewish people and that's all that's welcome to this. No, they're preaching liberation from that. They're preaching liberation from hopeless despair. People are coming to know God in powerful ways. They're teaching this. James Harris, a commentarian that, that I read occasionally, says this about uh, liber liberation. Liberation is a precondition to transformation. Pretty simple. Liberation is a precondition of transformation. This means that it is intended to affect change in the nature and structure of people and society. All right, are you still with me? I want to drop into that liberation thing for a little bit to highlight something. When you see what works, you never again want what is broken. When the people of Antioch begin to hear this good message... And the people, the Jewish people, begin to share this good message. You never again want to be bound in chains. Barnabas and Saul are teaching liberation. They're teaching the word. They're equipping the saints. They're spending time doing this. Dysfunctional relationships breed isolation. Which could be the antithesis of liberation and unity. Dysfunctional relationships 
Every man and woman for themselves does not produce good results. Staying with what you just know and not looking across the world and praying for opportunities to share liberation with other people that look different than you and talk different than you, that go in different circles than you do, is isolation. And Satan loves to prey on the isolated. If you don't like snakes, you probably won't like this video, but I don't know how to highlight this any better then hopefully you realize that living life on your own is not a good thing. Satan loves to prey on the isolated. He loves to get you so proud that you're Jewish and you're in Jerusalem that you don't go to Antioch, sharing the message to other people. He gets you so proud that you've got it all together that you don't need relationships around you. You don't need house church. You don't need community. That's probably the worst image that I can give you of, of <laughs> dysfunction and isolation. I can give you a really good, awesome, like the opposite of that. I've got an image up here, I hope. We got, we got an image up here. Oh, Jeremy, do you have the, do you have the, yeah, wow, yeah, get that one up there. That's a good one. I'll show you that in a little bit, okay, and we'll get back to that. If you, if you can put that up, that'd be great. Okay, let me skip ahead, then we'll come back. Are we good? Just follow along with me, okay? When the body of Christ moves in unity, it produces liberation. And the gates of hell will not prevail. Oh, tell me if you get that. I had some smiles out there. When the body of Christ moves in unity, it produces liberation and the gates of hell will not prevail. Oh, it's up there. Oh, okay. Hey, Weston, I'm sorry, bro. Can you flip the lights, man? Uh, this is uh, David and Kelly, I think. Um, they got, when did you, how long were you at? How, how long have you been married? Four months? Is he right? I, I was always, on, I'm like, okay, yeah, four months. And a few people were able to go to this wedding. It was a very cold wedding outside. Very beautiful wedding. Rained nonstop. And this is the, the only time I saw them right there. Like the, Usually it was just umbrellas right there. And the thing about the umbrellas is the water from the people in front of me were dripping on my legs. So I was like, payback, I'm sending it back. And so, like... Outdoor, beautiful wedding that probably wasn't exactly what they dreamed of, but it was beautiful. Like the people that showed up because of community are willing to sit in a really cold, rainy wedding day to do relationships because there's relationships. Because there's people that are sharing their life together. And they're not getting picked off one by one. In fact, this is probably going to be one of the most memorable weddings I've ever been to. And it will be for you as well. <laughs> Think about your relationships. The times I look back and I smile at the most are the times that I went through hard times with people. I'm like, man, it was terrible. Hated it and I didn't want to do it. 
but I am so much better because of that. And now we can laugh as we look back on that. We can say, what a beautiful wedding day, though rainy and cold. Look at the people that showed up. Look what happened. Like, look at the community. This is awesome. This is the church that I want to be part of. When we move together in liberation, it produces unity, and the gates of Hades cannot prevail against the church. So, who is your gang? Who is your tribe? Who will you call later today when you're bored, stressed, excited, perplexed? And are you living isolated? I want to end with this, these few verses. Ecclesiastes 4, 9-12 through 12 says this, Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If, if either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. And a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. This is how I want to live my life, church project. I want to live it with you. I want to live it in community. I want us to struggle together because I hate snakes. But I really like cold rain. I'm going to ask right now um, for Rachel and Jason. Uh, they're the directors of our house churches to come on up here. Um, and I'm also going to ask if you are a house church pastor, co-leader, or host home to come up here as well. Everyone knows Mike and Kim will come up here, so <laughs> I got to keep picking on them. So, church, um, the, these, these are the people that represent one of the three pillars that we have at Church Project. Like, we get together, we gather on Sunday mornings, and I think this is pretty cool in the gym. We should all bring drones and have fun in here. But I think the biggest thing in what we do is our house churches. This is where it breaks down. This is where we get to talk and dialogue about Scripture. This is where relationships are built. This is where we form a, a, a cord of three. Like This is where we weed off all those crazy snakes. Like This is where we go to weddings together. This is where we dive into Scripture. This is where we pray for each other and encourage each other. And unfortunately, this is where we send other people out into their missions too. Like we've sent people across America from Church Project that have come from house churches. We started with one house church, church and, multiple, multi, and then we've multiplied into many others. And it's always moving and it's always changing. But this is the leadership of Church Project. And this leadership is here to ward off the snakes attacking. I love that visual image because we get it, don't we? And so what I want to do is I, I want us. These are usually the ones that pray for us. Um, when, when we ask, I want us to surround and pray for them today. I want us to surround, and surround them and pray that God would continue to keep them focused, that they would continue to serve Church Project because I can't think of a better way to serve than what these men and women are doing at Church Project. And so, it's going to be weird, I know, but why don't half of you kind of come down this way, Rachel, come down this way, and half of you kind of come down this way. I'm going to invite Go ahead, Mike, you can lead the way. I'm going to invite Jeremy and 
and the band to come up here and kind of lead us in a little bit of, of worship. But I, I literally want everyone, if you're comfortable with it, we're going to stand up. We're going we're gonna to put our hands and pray over these men and women. But also, um, raise your hand if you're a house church pastor. These are the people that if you don't, if you're not involved in a house church, it would be a great time to say, let me come to your house church and start with Mike and Kim because they're awesome. And then everyone else, you guys have to fight. So <laughs> why, don't, why don't we stand in church? It's just going to be a movement of literally going and praying over our house church leaders and our leadership. And then we'll just move into a time of worship together. Um, but just move as God, go ahead and direct. So move chairs, do whatever you need to do. Church, I want to pray a blessing over you today. And it's a blessing of Ephesians chapter 3. And so just accept this blessing. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, God will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. That Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. And that your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. May you have the power to understand how long how high and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ and be made complete in all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now, all glory to God, who is able, through his mighty power at work within us, accomplish infinitely more than we might ever ask or think. And all of God's people said, 